0: And welcome back to another episode of the Black Watch Port. I'm your host, Thorn Rain, with me, as always, Mr. Kyle Wynn. How are you doing this evening, sir?
1: Pretty good, pretty good.
0: Fantastic. Episode 103. Man, we're we're yeah, just earning really through him.
1: getting up there. <laughs> it's weird. weird that we're now back in this like weird part of like, okay, now it's just like episodes. Like we're not like, oh, we're almost at hundred. Hey, we just hit hundred. Man, we just hit hundred. And now it's just like all right. It's like a soft reset. It's like for right, 200 we're two hundred now. Like back
0: at the beginning, let's work our way yeah. up to two
1: hundred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if if we pull off two hundred, that would be amazing. And I'm not gonna lie, with some of the stuff we're gonna talk about a little bit later, it's got me a little bit more like invigorated to continue doing the show yeah. and working on this because hopefully. What we talk about actually pans out and uh, makes things a little bit better.
1: So there was that one week where, like, should we end at a hundred, bro?
0: Yeah, should we were, just
1: end it at a hundred? It was like gone.
0: everybody was retiring, teams were calling it quits. Like, it was just so depressing for like two weeks straight. And yeah, you know, we got some news. Some it's it, well, it's not really news news because a lot of it is like we're still working on it but yeah, it, a lot of hopes hopes have been yeah. raised so uh uh
1: anything fun this week uh i bought a puzzle did that nice. <laughs> why would i get a puzzle and we also got a, a lego set too, a overwatch lego set we got the little okay. dorado payload with reaper mccree and soldier 76 and um put that together while watching some bob rossos so it it's been some fun kind of uh We've reached the point in quarantine where we're just like, now we're just out of stuff to do, <laughs> man. Like, Let's... I've made do. I, uh, Oh, I also officially pre-ordered and pre-loaded Last of Us 2. Okay. So that's coming out next Friday. Wife is going on a road trip. There's definite like connections here. <laughs> I will be spending a lot of that time just immersed in that game so just play i've never played last of us it's it's pretty good
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe pretty maybe maybe that's one of the ones that i should pick up uh yeah the uh the epics game launcher just gave out arc for free and i got a buddy who oh, plays arc so i'm like eh, you know i'll i'll grab it for free i haven't loaded it yet uh because i mean who can beat free like it's awesome yeah
1: so yeah, I'm they yeah, I think they raising I, I some dinosaurs. Like a, yeah, I have. Uh, let me. I need to figure out exactly how many hours. One hundred twenty nine. So a hot minute. Like I have a decent amount in that game. Not too bad. I've
0: still been on it's, the starting grind. It's a grind.
1: very different game by yourself versus with people because some people like all survival games will be like the couple people that are like this is the only game that they've played since launch like six years ago and so they have like a billion things and you're just yeah. like so i got nice. there's some <laughs> some fun and frustrating moments with that game but it's you can't argue with free no f- i'll at least check it
0: out uh yeah i'm on year two almost to winter on Stardew Valley, so I'm I'm getting there, trying to get to the point nice. where I unlock Grandpa's shrine in the back of my uh, mm. my farm. So you know, right, right. I'm uh, producing some starfruit wine. I'm insanely rich. Nothing matters to me other than I don't have enough iridium ore, and it's really frustrating. Yeah,
1: you hit the skull cave yet? Skull cavern kicks my ass. Uh, that
0: is f <laughs> those little dragons.
1: Like I've except. never been so. Fr- I don't think I think I got more frustrated at dying to the slime cave and the skull cavern than I have in years of Overwatch, Valorant, etc. Uh, etc. Et yep. So yep. It's
0: it's very frustrating when I'm in the middle of mining something and one of those little dragons comes out and hits me and I forgot to eat and I get sent back to the hospital. It's like no. Yeah, it's horrible, but we got to talk about let's <laughs> not, a this, yeah, not, a, not a Stardew Valley not podcast, Stardew Valley podcast, um, possibly soon, possibly soon. Uh, let's get right down into the news. Uh, we're going to do all the new Twitch follows and stuff uh, next week because we got a little bit of news about next week also. Uh, so as always, our news is brought to you by our Patreons. This week's Patreon sponsor is none other than shrug off. Thank you so much. Sure. If you want to become a sponsor, head over to patreon.com slash report. sign up at the $2 level, and you can sponsor our news. So Kyle, why don't you take us away on this first bit of scene news?
1: Starting out, we've got some kind of news on the Contenders casting staff. So far, we've only heard from Vicky that she will be returning for um, season two. We haven't heard from anyone else, but I I really hope that... Um, Lemon, Kiwi, and Leg Day are on as well. I think yes. that I, after watching all of these recent games, I'm convinced like Vicky is definitely like getting there, but this is literally like her first season casting this game and she's doing great so far. But like, I am, I like it. it this duo came out of necessity, out of like Jaws getting called up to cast Overwatch League. And so you've got this. New casting duos having to be formed, and you get Leg Day and Lemon Kiwi, and they are a phenomenal duo as well. I hope they come back as well. I hope we can maintain Pixie and Avril casting Korea and Pacific because they are, I think, Lemon Day and Pixie Avril are probably the two duos that are, you know, for sure OW already, yeah. in my opinion. So if either of them got the call up, I would be 100% fine with it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then, but yeah, Vicky's coming back. We don't know about Huerix or the other ones yet.
0: Yeah, and I didn't know this. I thought that she had like worked in Overwatch at least a little bit beforehand. But I was mm-hmm. reading through the tweet and everything, and she comes from Super Smash Brothers prior to this, like
1: which apparently huge. does not have a very strong yeah. esports scene anymore. Like, so that's a that's a huge
0: transition from going from Smash to overwatch like it's kind of crazy uh but the second bit of news here is actually about the show um we've been doing these saturday episodes because i've been stuck on second shift because of covid um governor lifted some restrictions so everybody's going back to first shift and i'm going back a week early so that means we can record episode 104 this coming tuesday uh what is that june 16th the best part about that is the giveaway ends June 15th. So we will be able to announce everybody's uh, prizes on the show live on the
1: 16th uh, back to the Tuesday schedule. And I, and listeners, you may be asking, Kyle, Thorne, how are you going to do that if you have all these? Like, no, no, no it's perfect. It worked. Big, we have literally like three day or two days to watch three <laughs> matches, which I've watched uh five in two days, so that's doable um we're gonna be checking out on Tuesday. We're gonna be doing n a finals, which we'll be talking about later EU finals talk about that later and then we'll be going back and watching the Korea finals as well because we wanted to make sure we keep up a, a pulse or a, a thumb on the pulse of the Korean scene um as that's probably going to get the most relevance for you know pickups and um roster changes end of over you know overwatch league season so uh, we're gonna be covering all three major region grand finals um on that tuesday so come hang out at the normal new normal or old normal time no more new normal we're back to old normal that's a lot of normal that's a lot of normal a lot of normal too normal for me
0: let's let's roll down into these roster moves real quick because after that man we got a ton of stuff to talk about tonight
1: yeah so cronus who who did he play for uh, was he triumph. on triumph yeah oh he the support. he's the yeah he's a support was, player i got notes on him i was i thought he was, was a main take for some
0: weird reason yeah like uh,
1: he was yeah good he's apparently scottish um but he's listed as uk which that, that's a whole big thing. Um, yeah, so he officially announced a uh, tweet, officially quitting, realized I've been unhappy and ver- uh, for a very long time, and I've been using games as an escape, but I'm hitting my breaking point. Nothing is fun for me anymore. No idea what I'm going to do yet, but I'll try to focus on making myself feel better. Uh, definitely hope you do feel better, Chrominus. Um, if you need help, get help, and we're, we're all hoping for you to get better. This is, uh, it's more than a game, so. Yeah, and anybody
0: that hits that moment where they realize that they need to quit to better better their mental state like yeah all the support in the world man like
1: this is like a game that literally relies on sheer force of will and whether or not it makes you happy because this is not some sort of like well i guess i'll just do esports as a nice stable like no 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 Every single person in this scene is running on passion and passion alone basically mm-hmm. and earning money is this like oh sick finally I get to earn like you know $400 from bucks. this tournament. <laughs> yeah so if you don't have passion figure out something else because this is not the this is not your happy fallback plan So speaking of, of somebody's industry. not
0: happy fallback plan
1: Yeah Rumored. Maybe. We don't know.
0: Tweet's a little, you know, cryptic. Uh, well, Flower, yeah. Flower has left Runaway, uh, possibly changing games. Uh, in the tweet, it did say... Um, has left the team for a new game challenge. Yep. yep. So, yeah. it does seem like he's, he's possibly changing games. Flower did uh, tweet out after that himself that... Uh, he would be letting people know his plans sometime later this month. So um expect big news surrounding, you know, Mr. World Cup Flower.
1: That's a that's a tragedy of, of yeah. tier two Overwatch right there. Yep. I still it's like stand the by tragedy sh- of Garth Plagueis. <laughs> he should have played in
0: that whole season with uh XL two.
1: Yeah. Yep. Anywho, on a slightly more positive note, um WGS adds two players. Interestingly, um I'm thirty-seven on loan, currently still contracted with Uprising Academy, is going over to WGS. I think it's just WGS now. They're not like armament or Phoenix or it's just straight up WGS. Yeah. Um, again, with just changing names over and over and over and over and over. Um and then the other player is Vigilante. I believe a support player formerly of Batlaka, Um, is added to that roster as well. Their thanks is World Game Star Phoenix. So I don't know, dude. Um, but this is the roster that has Muse on loan from Eternal Academy, Padafan on loan from Eternal Academy. Um, and they, yeah, they just added 937 and Vigilante as well. Yes. And then we've got Element
0: Mystic. Parting ways with uh, Alpha and another. I was trying to find the actual tweets. From- who's
1: the other? Who's the other player? Alpha and who else? Heyo. <laughs> That's I- a stupid joke. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> the joke is that his I'm, name is Another. Any anyone who's I'm listening, listening to is confused. This- dad jokes, not you, Kyle. No. You're too young for dad jokes. I- I was making dad jokes before my dad was a dad. I don't know. Anyhow. Uh, you
0: didn't say before my dad was a joke. Like that would have uh, bad. But uh, that is all <laughs> for our news. It, it didn't look like Alpha and another were going anywhere specific. And I believe Alpha no. had actually tweeted out that he was LFG. Um, so I think it's just a little bit of a, uh, a roster shakeup after the playoffs ended. So we're going to roll right down into the quick play. We're going to cover NA Contenders playoffs starting off. So Kyle, why don't you uh take the uh the 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 first round, racket. the the semis, or I'm sorry, the the quarterfinals and the losers' round one and I'll take the semis and round 2 and then you can close out the rest.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, um I'm just going to do what I thought you said and then you're you're just going to adapt because I <laughs> God, these double elon bracket labelings are freaking confusing sometimes. I'm just going to do losers round 1, second wind, 30 collapse, carasuno We've got notes on this. Let's actually should we just hop into the notes cuz we literally covered every single match. Oh, that is right. In the bracket. So we're, we're going to have notes on every match. So we, probably should just do that right yeah. yeah we'll just do that okay that makes things easier yes second wind clapped karasuno 30 pretty dominant i want to pull Rural. up just so i have it on hand um like the not just the maps but the the points yeah so uh 2-0 oasis 2-1 anubis 1-0 numbani that's a clap dude yeah um some notes here that i have in particular uh, on the Karasuno side, there's one, and it's Nish is getting outrined by Frill at basically every point. He was dying first a lot of the time when it came to the mind games of not getting shattered or who charging which angle. It was almost always Frill coming on top. Um, note that, like, it's not just a one to one, like, game. There's obviously other aspects involved as well, so. Second wind obviously was do, doing a better job of focusing down Nish, but like Ryan performance versus Ryan performance, Nish was getting absolutely bodied by Frill. Yep. And really,
0: like the shining star of this matchup was Ricky. Um, that was the only one that was really. Like everybody was having decent yeah. maps, but uh, Ricky was actually showing that he was putting up just a little bit more of a fight, Uh really good wall isolations. We say it every week when we talk about Ricky, he just knows how to, there was one where he actually placed a wall, like up on top of a ledge to block out a diva bomb, which was like super huge brain. And he did it really, really fast. Um, but you know, for Karasuno in this matchup, one man was not able to carry the whole weight of the team Yeah.
1: And and like in this particular DPS duo, like Ricky is definitely the one who shines brighter than Valen, and Valen being the hitscan player, you would kind of expect especially when you have a May and a May Reaper or like a May anything else, you do not expect the May to be the one getting more kills. You expect mm. the May to be causing the disruption, splitting up the team, getting freezes so that way the rest of the team can follow up on those but Ricky was also getting a lot more kills it looked like than Valen and I have yet to see a ton from Valen not to say he's a bad player or anything it just means that he has not been enabled by his team or something yep um i i might be looking to to swap out that particular roster spot if there's not like a team answer for that yep on the side of second wind we saw speedily try to play the Doomfist on uh, University on Oasis is what it was, and he's a player that has the chops to be able to get this hero and not feed his brains out. But he literally only did that kind of. He only didn't feed. Normally, you'll see the Doomfist come out and he'll just feed his brains out. And like, okay, well that was a mistake. Speedily kind of maintained this like he's not dying but he's also not getting like incredible value but what he did do was kind of just add some chaos. And when you've got chaos happening, little sneaky reaper on the left flank kind of come in and just shoot your supports. And that's exactly what Ice did. Um so he- in this particular instance as well we mentioned with um when you have a May, same I guess in this particular case with the Doomfist, like all you really need, need to do is stir the pot and then um, allowing ice on the reaper to kind of clean stuff up. And then another final note for me here on Second Wind is on Temple of Anubis, to be able to take this first point, Karasuna were holding on kind of the, the platform um, cool. that you see most people hold on, and they just ran up to the, the ground, like to the wall of the platform, walled themselves up, basically just bullied them off of the platform um, super quick Take on a and then I think they took point B within that next minute. Yeah,
0: like it was absolutely brutal how quick second win was able to just force Karasuno off of the uh, the high ground and then just pick off one person at a time with super, super clean target focus on point A. Got a a little bit of a stagger, which allowed them to then take a 5v6 on point B and then just steamroll it all the way through. Um, In Temple of Anubis, no one on second wind died on their attack. (laughs) And when they finished, they had a 4 minute and 44 second time bank going into their defense. Like, literally, you couldn't get more perfect Like, you might be able to squeeze in a little bit of time, but, like, that was a perfect attack.
1: Do you want to take kind of the next match, get it going here?
0: Yeah, uh, Triumph versus Square One. Triumph, take it 3-0. I'm going to do the notes on Square One. There are none, because there wasn't anything from Square One.
1: So, yeah, on this... I did want to go in, and again, with the with the map score, right? 2-0 on Nepal, 1-0 Temple of Anubis, 2-1 Eichenwald. There was a little sign of life on Eichenwald, but that was it, man. This was, again... These were fast matches. I'm glad yeah. we got these out of the way. Yeah. Um, But looking at Triumph here, we saw Hydron come in on this particular matchup, gets two pretty huge entry picks, I think in the first fight and then the last fight on Nepal Shrine, Hydron got um, just huge picks and won them the early fight, which is super important from what I've uh, from what I I understand about um, pro play at this level. The first fight is pretty integral, as is this last fight, as kind of everyone should obviously know. Um I think it was a main tank from square one coming into contest immediately died before he could even get to the point. Um, and then the team just ran in five E six and uh, lost to triumph. So super smart play from triumph. Hadron definitely looks super solid.
0: Yep. And then staying on Nepal over on village. Uh, Nas just square one was pushing in to take the point back. Nas uses the blizzard as the front line of the team enters into the point, separating out the back line before they could get in, which then just made it super easy for him to start cleaning up the supports, which left the rest of the team, uh, left the rest of square one for everybody else on triumph. And they just literally clean split took out the two portions that they needed to, no big issues um and uh nas just he he's another one of those may players that's super smart with his walls super smart with his blizzards does really creative things with those uh abilities and it's it's really fun to watch him play
1: yep and then on Anubis uh the second map that they played I believe this was a one o was it mm-hmm um this particular fight, they almost lost, and the only two people who were really alive was nas and Awkward. I think there might have been one more, but it was a like basically a lost fight that got scrappy, and then Nuss, I think, used used Plan either Far or Echo, and Awkward, I think, was on the Zen. Here had kind of a random trance. They're like, "What the heck are you doing?" Like, "Oh wait, there's still a couple people on the point." They were able to retake a fight after square one had gotten 93% on this uh, point one, able to kind of get the team back together and full hold them, which I thought was super duper impressive.
0: Yeah, I know there was, there was a Bob that was just clipping the point and was left alive for like four seconds, which gave them a little bit of extra time to start that trickle back in. Um, it was crazy how they came back in. So only needed 94%. You go over to their attack. It took them exactly 60 seconds (laughs) to take that 94%. Um, So talk about another really clean Anubis attack. Um, There was nothing that square one could do in this matchup against Triumph
1: here. And then, last thing, this will be part one of a two-part uh, epic series. <laughs> um, wait, no, this is def- okay, never mind. Different, different, different. Um, I guess this is part one of an epic two-part series on the same map, but I think I mentioned it last week that Shell hit like a 2k bomb against I think this was Team Doge, maybe. Um, on Eichenwald, on the bridge, right before the doors on second point. Um, does it again this time, and that kind of initiates the fight that was then won to kind of start the full hold on this point, not allowing square one to complete the map. Um, then on their attacking side, he hits a 2k boop with the Diva, which takes a bit of skill lucio it's a little bit bit easier to do but like with the diva you've got to like use your body to like angle it and get people off in the particular like and to get two is also pretty impressive um so that's like his spot in particular that final bridge on eikenbald second is like the chow spot the chow zone that's pretty good the chow zone (laughs)
0: let's get that copyright in (laughs) Make make it a meme where it's a it's a calzone but with his face on it and it's the child Oh my mode.
1: god. Oh my <laughs> god.
0: Oh uh, that's them dad jokes for you right there. there you uh go. so the next matchup we watched was second wind versus triumph. This is uh the losers round five making sure that i'm getting these correct here uh second wind beating triumph three two round three i think it says i don't know Who cares? maybe yeah that is a three not a five i'm a dummy <laughs> there's not even five losers rounds um second wind taking it three two and this was this was a really good match up here
1: yeah um so, in particular... I forgot I added a lack of scores on some of these. Let me go do that. Um, the, this was a weird one. Hagan on University on Oasis. There's a lot of weird stuff happening on this point. Does, like, a weird attack... Like it, it was kind of like a nene grab, almost. Like, trying to solo grab someone, but it ended up completely missing. And it was off-camera, so it was a little hard to see. This was very questionable. This grav again was at like high Charge most of this match and was like pretty High impact as a you know as an Off tank can be with a high charge Zarya but lobbing this grav To complete nothing was like a oh, Okay they might have just lost themselves the fight Instead he Builds another one and I probably should have gone Back and timed it but like Really like maybe about 40 seconds Maybe less um, Basically that was at the End of one fight and then towards the End of the next fight he uses the graph to seal the deal on that particular stage. Um Ice as well gets a really nice 4K. I think it was um a spire on the tracer for, for tramp that got like one really nice pulse bomb. I'm like, oh cool, that's a really good pulse bomb. Uh, takes out the Brigida, whatever. And then literally like two seconds later, I think they're all grouped up. Um, in the little doorway towards the, the highway on C- uh, City Center, and Ice gets a 4k pulse bomb, cleans it up with a 5th kill after that. And it was just like, oh, okay, that's another way to do it. Um, Super duper talented uh, play from him. We did get to see too much Tracer from him. We've seen mostly Reaper and a decent bit of Ash from him, but Tracer, definitely no slouch either. And moving down into Anubis. Juby in particular deserves a lot of credit for... I think we saw this play from one of the Overwatch League teams a couple months back. But they uh right about to hit overtime is Triumph. Cronus is wall riding his little heart out. Trying to get to point to contest. Juby knows exactly where he's going to do. You know, things like a Lucio, because he is a Lucio. Um, boops, Juby, uh, boops Cronus back away. No overtime triggered on Anubis point B. Gives second win the map win. Or not the map win, but the sets them up for the easy map win. Yep. And then... who the C9, dude. This yeah, like tough the i got i i have to preamble this with like this was not like a oh my god they got booped off a point no 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 this was a like all right we're here as a team we're going to get to the oh we didn't we didn't get to the point just pure miscommunication um no one got there to trigger overtime i didn't see any walls i didn't see any boops they just didn't get there quick enough and um
0: it was it was almost like they were they were going towards the point but they were more worried about taking the fights around the point so yeah. they nobody was like okay i'm going to touch everybody was like hey there's individuals like cuz not uh, not all of triumph was like stacked up they were kind of spread out f- mm-hmm. based on the angle that we got to see so it was like, hey, there's this person over here by himself. I'm going to go over here. Well, I'm going to go over here. And everybody was like, we're just going to forget about the point. It was heartbreaking because they they could have taken it much further had they actually just walked up and touched it.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was, it was a bit. It was a bit oof, but also what they did is they gave themselves like a kind of a clear wind conditions. Okay, now you just have to hold that. And for two minutes and 30 seconds, the cart was basically at that corner. It had already rounded that corner and it's not a ton of space. It's like maybe a, a 50 foot little straightaway. At this last corner. It had been there for 2 minutes and 30 seconds. And Second Wind held that. In order to not lose the series. And able to um, take it to the next. I think it was 2 maps after. Yep. Then on the side of Trump, I mentioned him a little bit. Um, we got a Spire in. We didn't get Hydron. I don't think that was. The preferred. Result. It seemed like from Hydron's tweet. That he. Was like had to step away, had something to take care of, whatever. And so Aspire was kind of subbed in. Um. Looked pretty good on the Reaper and Tracer, but like I mentioned the impact Hydron had versus Square One, and give it second wind is not square one. Um, they're a whole other number. Uh <laughs> and so interesting side note, I just realized. The highest number in this, um, out of the three teams in the the playoffs, Square One, Second Win, Third Impact, it goes in order. The higher number did better, which is funny. Um, Third Impact did better than Second one, which did better than Square One. Anywho, um, it definitely did not look like Aspire was kind of their primary player. I kind of wish we would have seen Hydron to see, you know, what this peak, uh, Triumph could have looked like. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, There
0: was one really Like Big brain play coming out of Aspire, he was on the Reaper Uh, It was their defense On Anubis point B Uh, Second one Was coming in from If you're looking away from the point That right hand side That tunnel Um, So he knew that they were going to wall Closest to the door To give themselves an entry point Onto the point So he teleports from the front side of the point into that little cubby behind the point and then sits there and waits for the wall. Wall comes up. He knows people are coming. As soon as he sees uh, Frill, he pops out and just starts unloading. And then uh, who was it? Uh, Iced, I believe was the may on that point and he just wrecks him finishes off frill they're able to to defend that point it was one of those just he he knew the the set play he knew how to counter it and he countered it perfect um but like you said hydron's been playing with them a lot more we probably would have seen a little bit of a higher play here um good on aspire But uh, unfortunately, Triumph finishing out in the top four, which sets us up for uh, the upper bracket final because we needed the, the loser out of this to face off against Second Wind. So we got Third Impact going up against Team Doge yet again. It is a phenomenal kind of back and forth between these two teams. This one goes Team Doge. And it was a stomp, three zero.
1: Yeah, dude, we didn't. Where was Tayo after Mechabase? Um, I think Mechabase was the only point that they took. Yeah, I think they
0: took. Yep, they took the first point, and that was Mechabase. Yeah.
1: And then downtown and sanctuary. No, and sanctuary downtown. Um, Tayo in particular looked. His normal Tayo self, uh, particularly on the Ash here, took some really big off angles, got some huge value on the dynamites, just getting headshots on people. Um, was really kind of the 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 tip of the iceberg for this team on this point, or is kind of the 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 spearhead of this team. Um But after that, he basically disappeared until um I think it was until the th- like halfway through the third impact game. <laughs> third, third impact second wind game. So you basically disappeared for like four four maps or five maps. Um on, I guess we'll try to stick with the maps here. First map again, so I mentioned Mecha Base went the side of third impact, mainly due to Tayo getting really good value. Um next we saw Sanctuary, where Kevster's widow just infinite value found as well and this was like a really hit or miss kind of uh pick on this point i forget who it was a couple weeks ago we saw a widow pick on sanctuary and it was like dude what are you do i might have been like iced or something went Mm -hmm. widow and just had nothing to do i think that the enemy team was just playing super well against it he just was sitting there shooting shields for uh, you know a minute and a half Meanwhile, Kevster was just hitting everything. He was given every opportunity, taking every opportunity, um, and just really was kind of the spearhead on that particular stage as well.
0: And then because of how well Kevster was doing, Third Impact was having to focus all of their angles and their movements on where Kevster might be, which then fed them right into Onigod on Ash and the double sniper on sanctuary for team doge was disgusting they were shutting down both angles the third impact had such a difficult time getting through to the point i think they was was sanctuary i think they got a little bit of point progress on sanctuary but it wasn't very much but yeah yeah the the double sniper for team doge was was very very well played here
1: it reminded me of the, the Havana attack against Second Wind, where it was just this two-pronged, fierce hit scan approach where they just walked at him mm-hmm. and like they could just do nothing to to you know do anything against it really. Um I wanna take a minute to appreciate Finzi, who unlike I think every different hero he played was just the mega brain off-angle god. Um, particularly on the sigma we saw a lot of it i saw it uh, quite a bit on Mecha base he tried his best to kind of um take some off angles to set up team doge for team fight wins and then it really came to fruition on sanctuary we saw i think in the particular where the team comes in plays in front of that big little rune stone thing Um, He was able to get around the side, hit a giant accretion onto the whole enemy team, get them knocked back away from their shield, and then just roasted. Um, So he really has the knack for finding those particular opportunities, not overextending on the flanks, which I think is a really hard-to-get-right thing, but we saw him get it right, and I think he definitely deserves some credit for that. Um, Dude, this Hanamura game was wild, though. So, it starts off, Team Doge on defense. Um, Maybe they didn't start on defense, but my notes kind of outline this particular half. The team of Third Impact rush onto the point. Doge give them a little bit of space, which is fine. Like, you don't have to kind of die on the mountain um I've you can kind of before. play around it yeah like if you play around it wait for the opportunity wait for a mistake to come in um contest every so often try to make sure you don't give them too much point progress except salieri just got there a little bit late and then interestingly enough so like third impact capped the point and then team doge go on to essentially win the fight they get like four kills but then obviously spawn door is like 20 feet away so what are you gonna do Um, and that was like a weird, like if he had gotten there, that might've won that fight and might've sent him back to the far, far spawn. Um, it's just a minor timing issue that just kind of sucks.
0: I mean, really, it was, it was the only thing I think out of this whole matchup that I saw, uh, team Doge kind of make a mistake on everything else was like really spot on, but that was their one, their one flaw for this match. And it really didn't even affect them all that much.
1: There was this other thing which was kind of wild as well, and it was kind of tough for everyone to kind of understand what happened. Um, but basically, what ha- happened was Eris, which I'm apparently is told is his name, even though you want to say Luruanus, which I think is funnier, um, or Elris or whatever. Eris was the Zenyatta for Third Impact, or no? Yes? yes, Yeah, he's the Zen. Yep. Um, he gets like it's a very, very scrappy fight. I think only he is left on the point, and there's two players of Team Doge. I think one of them is like a oh, Winston, and one of them is like an Ash or something like that. Uh, Aeris kills both of them, and they have like 3% or 4% left to go. His entire team all of third impact is dead and in spawn and he clutches it out, gets a two k by himself against two players of team Doge and wins the point for him. Unfortunately, team Doge end up winning the map, but it does go like that was a very impressive play that needs to be noted. And he just sat in the
0: middle of the point for that last three and the camera just rotates around him and it's like, how did this happen (laughs) yeah it was that would have been one that we wish we had a a replay on i think it was it was one of those things where like it was kind of happening off to the side while the main fight was happening up on the top balcony and it just kind of
1: all ended at the same time and it's like yeah okay (laughs) um and then last kind of i guess we have two quick notes we are kind of not super-duper bad on time, but, like, we... I, I mean, I guess the people... We, we had a shorter episode last week and a short episode week before. So, screw it, people. It's more content. Um, We've got Decod having a bit more issues. That we give him a lot of credit in the past, but I think this game in particular... Um, Not sure if this was Decod just off his game or if this was Doge really forcing um, him into uncomfortable positions. Kind of hard to see from this angle um kind of hard to know unless you are decon knowing whether or not you're just like not playing up to your normal strengths but man he was just not doing what he normally does um really having issues on the orisa as i mentioned finzi on the flanks pushing him out behind the orisa shield. um specifically on king's row just kind of got pushed over um found way more value with the wrecking ball as we know he can do um, but this was a particularly hard match for me. Like, this very, like, Tayo kind of disappearing and Decod also falling over is kind of the, I think, the two major notes that I I really kind of pulled out of this particular matchup. And, and watching it, it almost felt
0: like this was more of a Team Doge isolating Decod. We saw Decod die first at all of the, uh, well, a lot of the initiations. Um, Yeah Decod just wasn't able to create the space that he's usually able to create Which then allows Tayo to get those crazy angles Or those flanks Because everybody's focused on what Decod's doing So Doe shutting down Decod Kind of shut down the rest of the team Because their whole play style changed Based on the fact that Decod wasn't there You know, bullying out that extra space for him So um yeah it it was one of those things man i not used to seeing it and it was it was interesting to see how it played out for decod in this uh i expect to see something different
1: on the the upcoming match i'm i'm certainly hoping so um last note here onigod definitely like was not the major DPS for this particular matchup. But he was definitely like on his game as well. Um, I think they kind of did disappear uh, two weeks ago. I think it was when they lost the third impact 3-0. Onigod was just kind of like, I don't know what he's doing. But in this particular matchup, he was just ever present. Um, kind of providing opportunities for Kevster quite often. And doing his own stuff. But he didn't really have the like, I am carrying this fight. Except when he switched onto the Tracer on King's Row. Third impact, we're having kind of a lot of strong holds, particularly on the second and third points. Um, really kind of stalwart defenses that it took Onigod getting a Pulse Bomb kill and then some Pulse Pistol follow-ups um, to really be able to to kind of crack those points open for Team to advance, but still I want to give him credit for uh, some really solid Tracer play. Definitely looking like this particular DPS duo is... Um, Probably the definitively best in the region, maybe best in the West at this point. Yep. Um. I guess we'll probably talk a little bit later about midseason pickups. I think there might be a trade window closing here pretty soon. Yeah, I think we're, gonna, we're gonna be um close. But the particularly these two players definitely deserve a nod, um, as consideration for midseason pickups or really plugging them into being an integral part of a a team next season as well. Mm -hmm. So with
0: that wrapping up, that set up our lower bracket final, which gave us second wind versus third impact, second wind falling, falling to third impact three, two. Um, This was another one, man. It was, it was a very good, good series.
1: So, I think uh, there was a draw in
0: this one as well, yep, so this wasn't even was, a true 3-2, it was a 3-2-1. Six matches, Hanamura went 3-3. Three, three.
1: Yep. Yep. So, uh, in particular here, Hagan kind of had himself a game, man. He was really trying his best, and after this particular matchup, they're like, dude, this guy needed to have been in Overwatch League. KSA is still probably the better player, but, like, maybe pick him up as, like, a secondary, like... maybe make him fight for the spot, whatever, but, like, in particular, he had himself a really good game here, and he's definitely leveled up. Like, from where we saw him when Goats was losing out in trials with XQC and Gator coaching and him getting tilted off the face of the earth, he has definitely reached a new point after that and has leveled up. Apparently, he's gotten much more professional. Um, His Twitter's kind of has (laughs) that... Yeah, he's having kind of a, a new lease on life here, so. Um, huge value from Gravitic Fluxes, we've seen. Huge 3k Diva Bomb on a Waste of City Center. I believe that that was a major, like, turning point kill. Um, that was a pretty interesting thing. Um, before that, I think this was very towards the very first of the map. Um, third impact on the other side had won the final fight on Mecca base, but couldn't get to the point in time giving second win, I think the first uh, map win. Yeah. Giving yeah. second win the first map win there as well, which is kind of rough. And them not getting to the point came
0: on the back of iced catching Tayo out of position basically. Tio was trying, he was on the tracer. He was trying to sneak around back behind him. Uh, Iced was on the Widowmaker, turns around, you know, the headshot. It's a one-shot kill on a tracer. Pops Tio before he can get to the point, you know, starting up the overtime. They're able to close that out. Um, that was just one of those really quick, you know, I know he's going to be coming. They got a touch. He's not in front of me, so he's got to be behind me. And uh, Iced played that one perfectly.
1: And speaking of Tayo, like I mentioned in the last matchup against Team Doge, they really didn't he, like. He just kind of fell apart or like disappeared after Mecha Base, and it took until about King's Row map three where he finally is just like awoken, um, and he pops off helping them get the full hold too, which is a, a big note as well. King's Row one zero, um. Third impact was the defenders first And on a really good defense uh, Particularly Tayo on the Ash and Razor on the um, Echo I've given Razor quite a bit Of credit in the past like he's really good At this first point hole defense on King's row with the echo I think like that's just a, a thing that third Impact has kind of understood how to play These rotations and Just have superior Positioning not giving the enemy team anything To go off of um. Finally, Razor again. Um, his Farah man it definitely was kind of the the major turning point on Legion Gardens, um, which was the second to last map. Um, gave them the win there, and then finally on Oasis, they were able to get the the final win out. But man, like in particular, Razor had himself a great game almost the whole time. Um, Tayo. After the first two maps. Kind of woke back up. And then. After all the happy good things. There was this disgusting fight. I feel like it's the ugliest fight. I've ever seen in contenders. This particular season. It's in Havana. Towards the third point. In that little room off to the side. There's just a bunch of stuff happening. A bunch of ults get used for, like, no reason. Juby randomly comes up with a 3k as Lucio. It was just a very odd fight, but, like, it's kind of comedic that out of all of these, you know, heroes stuck in a room together, the Lucio is the one who comes out on top. So,
0: I'm not mistaken, that was, like, right before, like, overtime. That was, like, right there at the end, wasn't it?
1: It was right before the last fight, and then I think you have a note, particularly yeah, like on that last fight. Right after that, that ugly fight,
0: basically sets up Joby coming forward because overtime's like j- time just getting ready to run out. We see Decod come flying in on uh, Hammond, and he's coming up kind of the the long way around, uh, coming up over the water. Joby boops him right as he's cresting over the land and sends him just off the edge right as he's hitting the slam and decod slams right down into the water and point ends, timer runs out, second wind, close that out. Like Joby was just on top of getting these crazy timed boops, knowing exactly where the uh, the stall was going to come in from. So, uh, big brain coming from Joby here. So, that yep, takes yep. us down into the contenders EU playoffs. Uh, we're not covering matches, so we're just going to run through. I'm pretty sure we just have to do the same set. Losers round three. Yep. Alright, so... Two,
1: three finals, and then uh, winners finals. Set up for
0: the one. Yep. So, we saw in Losers Round. Wait, you said two. Losers, losers two. 2. Yep. Yeah. All right. Young and Beautiful Fall to Raspberry Racers, 3-1. Shoes Money Crew beat out Sheer Cold, 3-1. Giving us Losers Round 3, which is Raspberry Racers versus Shoes Money Crew. Raspberry Racers run in the lower bracket, 3-1. We go up to the winner's. Finals, we've got British Hurricane beating X Oblivion uh three one. X Oblivion falls to Raspberry Racers three one, which sets up the number one seed versus the number eight seed in the grand finals, British Hurricane versus Raspberry Racers.
1: Yeah, a first round matchup rematch, which is kind of fun, like wild to see. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be just fascinating. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one to watch there. So, before we get I in- guess maybe maybe we should move speculation station up anyways yeah. cuz we're already right here. So, let me hit the old copy and post up. Boom. Speculation station. Um we'll do EU predictions first cuz we just talked about these um like you said eight seed Raspberry Racers. They let me pull up their results here. Overall, they were eighth seed with 35 or 55 points. They got 20 points so fifth through eighth in week three, and then third and fourth in week four. And they did not even place first two weeks. Scraping by, basically. And are now in the grand finals against the team that was basically perfect not in maps but in matches. Yep. Um, week 1, Week 2, Week 3, Week 4. 400 points coming in. This British Hurricane team, team is really good. Yeah. Um. So, kind of a David Goliath story, not gonna lie. Um. My heart wants raspberry racers to get this kind of out of nowhere win but like my brain says nah bro Four one because i think in in every single matchup we've seen raspberry racers versus um british hurricane the racers took one map so i'll give them the four one in favor of hurricane that's fair that's fair i'm gonna be
0: a little bit more critical I think that Hurricane with the way that they've played are going to come into this just absolutely wanting to dominate and I'm going to give Hurricane 4-0 over the Raspberry Racers. You know, you y- you hate to see it. I'd love to see the underdog beat out the Hurricane, put a stop to that perfect season, but I just I don't think that it can be done. Not not against this
1: iteration of the hurricane here yeah and then jumping back to na to kind of close out our predictions we got real quick to kind of uh to prime this right so we got the first seed third impact so note that like despite how good team doge looks there was that one week they kind of didn't do much 20 points um yeah they got 20 50 50 100 whereas third impact won two weeks in a row or two weeks total and got second one week so looking back um first the first seed third impact second seed team doge past matchups uh week one they never played against each other week two it was a 3-2 third impact over envy in i think the quarterfinals Week three was a 3 0 Team Doge over Third Impact grand finals. Week four, 3 0 Team, uh, Third Impact over Team Doge in the second round or something. No, grand finals grand again. Finals, Sorry. Yeah. And then in the playoffs, we saw what we just mentioned the 3 0 stomp. So, very back and forth this matchup. And if you uh, go on the the,
0: the timeline, the, the pattern, this next one goes to third impact. Yeah. But I'm I'm not on that pattern. I think Team Doge has taken this 4 0 and they're gonna just continue that stomp. I think they've figured out where they need to place their their energy when fighting uh, or playing against third impact and that is to isolate and control decods gameplay which then hinders everyone else's gameplay on third impact and if they continue yep. to do that doge take this super clean
1: yeah basically agreed um i give this team doge 4 we've seen this the paths of these two teams flip-flop back and forth every single time, but I think that that's going to be changed this time. I think we're seeing Team Doge take the, the heavy win here. And one thing randomly, on a completely side note, before we move into this final section, I did want to mention that um, Second Wind did play 10 maps with like maybe a 10-minute break in between... Um, a couple of maps here, like in between the two games. So they literally played their second win triumph game and then their uh, third impact game back to back. Um, oh, I that's believe
0: a, that's eleven maps. Uh, no, that uh, because they played second the second win triumph game and then it was the third impact Doge. So we know. Oh, did third
1: impact play the games in a row? I forgot what the timing was, but whatever. Yeah, third third impact played.
0: Uh, what would it it would have been nine Eight. matches in a row. nine
1: matches in a row yep because of the that's draw. that's what that was yeah but that's the, that's the price you pay for uh for lower bracket i guess yep this so you got to play that so um yeah you got go ahead we've got our predictions for next
0: week we're going to cover EU finals NA finals we're going to recap the Korea finals that have already happened so let's get into this big news that was posted out on Reddit by a uh, friend of the show, DJ Schmaltz, and I forget the other gentleman's name.
1: Uh, oh no, I was right. Sorry, I, I was. It was uh, the Third Impact Team Doge game came first, and then the second one Tramp, and then so the second one did end up playing. 10-11 matches in mm-hmm. the row. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, you're good. Um, so it was Dan Schmaltz and Trevor and... Houston. Trevor just Houston,
0: little, yeah. Yep. Uh who I don't think I've heard of thus far is, but. I think this is the first time I've heard uh Trevor's name. So, might have to look him up on Twitter also. Maybe we can get him on the show next. Uh <laughs> it was a completely different take. They they gave us the 2020 path to pro update. Uh it's a huge Reddit post. Um a lot of comments. We're just going to kind of go over the the big points here well uh Kyle jump in we're going to we're going to switch we're going to alternate big topics so jump in on a, anything that I bring up i'm going to start us off here um these are their like large bullet points it was how do we think it's been going overall so in this section we saw that 14 million dollars in player prizing from licensed overwatch tournaments uh outside of the overwatch league uh, were given out. That's including around 10.4 million dollars directly from Blizzard, um, and then that that was coming from 1,400 licensed events held worldwide. Um, Open Division had registered between 20 and 30 players, 20 and 30,000 players, uh, globally. Uh, gradually improving the player feedback hearing how the uh, open division should be played. Uh, 200 players promoted through 2018-2019 from contenders to the Overwatch League, with 60 players coming up from contenders uh, in season 2020. And that's not over yet. There's still a signing window, so that number could increase. And then There's we got still a-
1: time for Stranoni God, man. God, There's still time.
0: Please, please, get, get those boys on a, a big, fat contract, Please. And then a little bit on collegiate, collegiate Overwatch system has uh, currently the 120 varsity programs that are actually recognized by the uh, the school administration, and they've given out two million dollars in scholarships just for collegiate Overwatch, which is which is about three college
1: students right there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, bazinga. Anyways, I'm gonna take that bazinga back. I don't want to ever say that word again. Anywho, focused on improvement is their next big point. Making licensing for third-party organiz- organizers more desirable is one of their goals, possibly helping uh, with pricing for qualified organizers. So they're really looking to try to um, incentivize these other tournament organizers to um, be putting more in and, and helpfully um, with Blizzard's uh eight as well contenders program is not performing up to our expectations of player support and development have been too slow to implement solutions for these issues. Um, they recognize they can and should do more to celebrate the efforts of the so many in the path to pro. So this is a kind of a big point. I think it would be, it, this is like a, a good first step. There's like, listen, yep. we recognize we can do better and we want to do better. At least they're not like, I don't know what the heck you guys are talking about. We're doing great. Our contender scene is great. You guys are dumb. Like, they didn't do that. So, okay, yeah. we're we're not furious. And we're, they recognize a problem that we have been screaming for a year. And least.
0: we've seen them actually start to put a little bit of production into uh, the contenders matches where mm-hmm. they'll actually make like
1: a player spotlight from Which matches is the week and what else we also got overwatch um we got contenders on the overwatch league uh youtube so anyone who wasn't subscribed they also had like a subscribe on contenders uh youtube account as well so like they're they're cross promoting which was like a minimal effort very high impact thing that they could have done which was good to see as well
0: now if they would just play those player spotlights in those times during Overwatch League games Ooh, where you cool. just have a timer running, yeah, that would be phenomenal.
1: I would love to see some highlights, dude. Yes, just Let's give me like the final highlights. Give me the the Ares um, 2K saving the point thing, give me um Kevstra popping off on the Widowmaker, give me a, a Joby oh, yeah. Boop reel like yeah give me the 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 freaking the chow uh the chow zone yeah give me we give me some of those just so people are like oh that looks kind of cool i should check that out like just a little spicy teaser every week or so it'd be great just play it like you know in between every you know Overwatch League match just once or something like that there, there's by the way that. Blizzard I am I'm down to be hired if you want to bring me on for some uh, contender promotion ideas I have no experience in marketing whatsoever but I got some good ideas hire me call me
0: <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where like we always have that 5 minute timer where it's literally mm-hmm. just like random game music and a timer and nothing else is going yeah. on throw up some contenders clips throw up the spotlights man that's free.
1: like Yeah. Just call us. <laughs> um, and then last note here. Teams in our tier two and tier three programs are difficult to sustain. They don't have a current solution, but are working on one as a focus point. This was a big one. And it's hard to tell whether all these academies were backing out just because they have less money from COVID um, as a result of not having uh, events to give them income. Some of it could be like a a very convenient excuse as well. It's hard to tell. I'm not gonna pretend like we know the answer to that. I don't think anyone truly knows except for the orgs, which they will never tell us. Nope. Um But that doesn't mean Blizzard can't do more to hopefully incentivize. And like the thing is that they're trying to do as well. Is like by just getting more eyes on this, you're you're saying, hey, like, so we previously only got like 400 people watching contenders or maybe a thousand people watching contenders or 2000 whatever now we've got up to 4000 because we've been promoting it more in the overwatch league clients and uh streams and stuff like that and we put it in the the launcher as well for the finals and got people into it here look there's more eyes maybe you should consider bringing back that academy team like that will help as well as i'm hoping that they also are able to kind of pull out some Other kind of interesting ideas here as incentives directly to these teams um, that are kind of taking a huge financial risk to just run an Overwatch League team, let alone also an Academy team. Yep. Um, So hopefully something will come of that soon.
0: So then their next big talking point was third-party tournaments and Overwatch contenders. I rolled these two together uh, because they were basically... Tied directly in at some point, uh, so they talked directly about France Community Cup. Uh, showed that the community and the players liked this third party tournament type of of setup. Um, huge viewership. None of the players really were upset with the way it was run. They had a lot mm-hmm. of fun. So they recognized that tournaments outside of contenders, open division trials. Are a good thing which we haven't seen in a while
1: yeah uh, they also did mention the flash ops um tournaments like breakable bears and then the echo showdown um they mentioned those as well as the france community cup but it's great that they mentioned the france community cup because that is a that is what i want to see more of as well and it was huge because then you really got just like the passion and like you I, I felt so much more inclined because this is literally just one person trying her heckin' best to keep these, you know, to get these players noticed. And, and like, every
0: couple of days, she would post that a new
1: sponsor came on and the price yeah. pool
0: increased. And then yeah, really everybody so got big. hyped.
1: Yeah. And like, I think these, because these are like, you now know, like, there is no, you're not supporting some big old, you know, Fortune 500 publicly traded. It's just. It's just Fran doing her best. It's just, she's like, just like trying like her E-gagging hardest as a, right, yeah, like putting out quality content, like higher quality content that we saw from the regular contenders broadcast. Yep. Um, Thank And you, like, me. these are things that like, I'm so glad we got the, the kind of the positive nod on this because I would love to see other streamers doing this we like i would love to see an emong tournament i would love to see an yes. a Vast tournament uh a, a harblue tournament i would it would be cool if we had like give you me know, an
0: xqc dumpster tournament
1: yeah Come on now. that would be that would be entire, That would be very interesting to see but yeah i would love to just start seeing more just more other stuff i think these yeah. third party tournaments are huge um the the flash ops tournaments are also huge cuz they keep things different and fresh and as much as people will complain about the competitive integrity getting overwatch league players and streaming personalities in these tournaments will boost ver- viewership and that is ultimately what you want because you still get players who pop off yes you still get players who look great in these tournaments and they're just uh, contenders, or even open division player playing, you know, on a team with Jake or with Dante or with whoever. And if they pop off, now you have people watching those Overwatch League pro player streams. Like, oh, dude, this random dude is really good, and like these are kinds of things that like you get more eyes. Um, and then you can back up those like, okay, now that they have the attention, do they have, oh, they've also been doing well in contenders as well. Like maybe we should give them a, a look at maybe a contract or something. So I'm going to half
0: agree with you on that because I agree that it brings the eyes and it's fun to watch. But if we keep it in flash ops, I'm cool because this next bullet point makes me think. That we're not going to be seeing Overwatch players and casters in some of these third-party tournaments if they're able to work this out. So their next bullet point was uh, they're working on creating the right framework to empower third-party tournaments like Fran, uh organizers to contribute contribute directly to the path to pro. So does this mean we get third impact versus doge in there and those uh wins actually go towards wins in contenders are each week organized by fran or Imong, whoever the organizer may be is that a, a week of contenders we don't know could but interesting. they're they're working I, yeah, on something I, to bring in third party organizers to help actually work Path to Pro, which
1: is I amazing. yeah, I I kind of agree with you there. I don't wanna see if this is a four contenders points money, whatever, it should be within the same rule set. Um, but I do like the kind of fun random pickup game tournaments as well. Yeah, definitely. So like uh, a, there could be like a GOATs callback or like a dive callback or a no hero limit callback, like yep. Like they did with Just the nostalgia's
0: sake, you will get yeah. They forced the echo, like, okay, let's let's do a this week in history flash ops where every team has to play goats. Mm-hmm. Every team has well, to everyone's play. everyone's gotta play 2 2 2 the, with like Genji Tracer Dive. They have to play only the original roster. Like there's there's yeah. a ton of fun That's flash cool. op tournaments that could be had. Again, Call us. Got all kinds of ideas. Uh, So the next point here is uh, not only players saw promotion to the Overwatch League. We saw we brought up Jaws. Uh, We Mm -hmm. saw ZP get called up. Um, So broadcast talent. We saw coaches, uh, team managers getting pulled up. So the Path to Pro worked not only for the players, but literally the whole infrastructure surrounding the path to pro we're getting called up into the overwatch league.
1: observers too. shout out to uh moriah Moriah. i think they got they got the call up as well so there's so many opportunities for advancement which is good to see like it's nice to see that it's a a holistic approach of path to pro yep and that
0: they recognize it and they are actually kind of shouting it out and proud that they're they're pulling all of these other aspects up yeah Um, And then they also like highlighting the higher tier matches, which we saw with this new uh, tournament format. Um, But supporting tier two goes beyond just those high matches. Um, The high matches get the, the big viewers, but they know that some of those lower matches, in order to get those diamond in the rough players noticed, so they can get called up to more, structured teams they need to kind of figure out how they're going to do that and that is something that they are going to be working on uh giving a more complete coverage moving forward so hopefully we get to see a little bit more of the open division streamed uh you know more of the trials stuff like that
1: yeah that is a tricky problem to consider because thinking about how many like you're in this really big catch 22 as the tier 2 um kind of staff. You've got on one hand, you've got need- the need to support all of these regions. You got to have you can't like ignore Pacific players or South America or Europe or Korea or China or Australia or any like you have to c- give opportunities to all of these to advance. That means you also have all of them streamed. So now, if I'm like, okay, I want to do some scouting and look at who's, you know, the next upcoming talent. Like now, you have to do. Oh God, you have to watch all of these games, and like you want to give more opportunities, so you want to show trials, you want to show open division. Okay, that's even more games you've got to broadcast, and so now, like your viewership is going to be. And this is just a speculation. I don't have hard data on this. This is just kind of what I would assume. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. You've got these, all of these things being streamed, and now it's like, if you're just going to check it out once or twice, like, I just want to see, like, give me the grand finals for the season. That's all I care about. Like, there's some people who will only kind of want to watch the best of the best. Um, And so trying to find that balance between making sure everyone is visible, but also not like just flooding the channels with like 9,000 different games within a season of, you know contenders trials open division for every region or whatever it's it's a tough middle ground to kind of navigate between yep um final big bullet point here is 2020 contenders live events and future changes china europe korea north america are all top producing talents they need to focus their first party development initiatives on those specific regions as i mentioned like those are kind of the big four we need to like that is really where we're getting talent from um allow for more third-party organizations to thrive in other regions so allowing kind of a more hands-off approach like if y'all want to you know create like a bunch of South American tournaments maybe a, there's a South American tournament organizer who is more fit to understand what their community wants and get more South American um brands in particular to sponsor these things it's yep. it's probably a little bit better than to have Blizzard try to understand what the heck the South American community wants, despite not having an office there. I don't believe so. Yeah. Um, Actively working with our partners to establish a format and structure that's best for each region. More details later this month. We saw different regions having different roles, which some people thought was kind of unfair, but... Yeah, China still was doing the round robin. I... I think whatever people like to watch more in the region, I don't, I'm not going to pretend like I understand what the Chinese Overwatch viewer, you know, the average Chinese Overwatch viewer would want to see. So I don't know, dude. Like, if that's what you think, like, if that's what they want, that that's what they want. Same with Korea. If, yeah, it seems like the Korean audience wants to see more live tournaments, and we have seen lots more of that. Um, then you make those changes, and that's what we have seen thus far, and I think it would be good to see those continuing on farther. Last, and uh, sadly, this was, this was expected. Um, I, I basically had already assumed that this was happened. Atlantic and Pacific showdowns have officially been canceled due to COVID-19 pandemic. Gauntlet at the end of the year are, um, and are still exploring some options to have all regions included with potential extant- expanded tournament format um maybe we end up getting something where it's just like a studio of everyone involved it's not a live audience which honestly like from the way things are looking it's looking like no no major events for the rest of the year probably yeah um which if we can find a way to get just people in a studio even um even if they're like just in rooms so you can kind of get cameras on them and have a much more like a, a low ping environment it, that would be severely like absolutely the best most optimal situation but of course safety is always number 1 with that
0: yeah this this whole year has been super weird with covid and if if they're able to figure out a way to put on a gauntlet where we get to see all of the talent in one place yeah because then we can have it like we did last year Where coaches from Overwatch League teams Were able to go and scout You can yeah. still do that without a live audience Like you yeah. said it, Each team has their own room They play from that room They have multiple cameras mm-hmm. in the room You do a big production on it Like maybe you, you green screen the whole wall behind them So like their logos are behind them Whatever Yeah, Make it to where they still get That sort of in person LAN experience in this new post COVID pandemic world that we're living in. So uh, really looking forward to hearing more information on that. Um, But it was nice to see this Reddit post, man. Like they gave us a lot of information. They're promising more information coming through the rest of this month. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. leading into the next month. So it's, it's looking like we might be getting some, some positive changes. And I know a lot Mm -hmm. of the community has been wanting that. So looking forward to it definitely definitely but that is our show uh we ran a little late but hey we had a short episode last week um this next upcoming week should be about normal we'll have to see where the news lands us uh but kyle where can they find you on the internet
1: you can find me mainly on twitter um I haven't been figuring out a way to do music streaming just yet, but maybe I can try to get that figured out in the future. Um, I was a winner the, on
0: Twitter for stuff. I was digging the stream the other night when you were doing that that game jam thing.
1: Yeah, it was fun, but uh, my computer got really mad at me because I was streaming via Wi-Fi on my laptop, and it was just a it was a whole nightmare. So we'll try to figure it out in the future, though. Definitely, uh, you can find me on Twitter. At
0: Thorn Rain, I do all of my streaming when I do stream. Which now that I'm back on first shift, I should be getting back into some sort of a streaming schedule. Been playing Dauntless, Stardew Valley. I'm gonna get a little bit bit back into Sea of Thieves with Deathblow, so uh, be watching for some more content coming from me. Um, but if you're an audio listener, head over to Twitch, create a free account, hit that follow button. We'll give you a shout out on the show. If you got Amazon Prime, you've got Twitch Prime. We are affiliates, so you can hit that subscribe button to help out the show financially. And another way to help out completely free, leave us a review. iTunes, uh, Player FM, whatever podcatcher you use, leave us a review. Send us a screenshot. We'll read it on the show, and we'll give you your proper shout-outs. We do really appreciate those. Those help us out a lot. But you can find the show over on Twitter at Blackwatch Report. Email the show, blackwatchreport at gmail.com, and follow the show right here on twitch.tv slash blackwatchreport. record live Tuesdays. Back at it, 6 p.m. Eastern. Our intro music is an original piece by our own Mr. Kyle Wynn. This has been a High Noon production. You can find all of our shows over at highnoonpodcast.com and come and chat with all of the hosts from the shows over on the Discord at discord.me slash highnoonpodcast. And with that, Black Watch out.